Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. and direct this is coming at you this is happening in real time we're getting the mic in place we're very much hoping the microphone is working because there has been some issues uh with the technicalities in the past but uh, we're going to put them behind us corin's here good evening corin uh lovely to see you chris mcdonald plastic surgery has joined here to learn from the greats Right, Chris, help me out if I um, struggle, or rather when uh, I struggle. Um, so, um, got some um, questions, uh, Jackie's here, nice to see you all, uh, which have been preordained, and uh, can hear you loud and clear. You know, it's never a problem on Instagram, it's the uh, Facebook that's a problem um uh because of the technology because i've got the top of a range mic i've got this bit here i don't know if you can see this um this which is called something which i remember when i bought it they told me what it was called like a something like a splutter guard or so anyway it's supposed to be anyway it's because of that that, that uh, it, facebook doesn't work instagram is basically on the phone and the phone is never never lets you down um so Good. So let's do some questions, shall we? And if anyone has a question that uh, they uh, would like to seek a resolution to, then they know what to do, don't they? Just post it here. Oh, I'll answer it. How long after having a tummy tuck with your clinic before I can move abroad? Right. Before I can move abroad. Right. Um, well, um, I would say that, well, okay, I'm going to answer the question, then I'm going to get, then I'm going to talk a little bit behind it. Um, so the answer to the question is, I normally say kind of like six weeks before you can, well, not before you can get in a plane, it's probably six weeks before you should get in a plane, just because you're going to be a bit sore and you've got to make sure it all heals up properly and all, all that sort of stuff. Um, so six weeks is the normal advice for going abroad traveling abroad now a couple of things to unpick here well, they're saying they're going to move abroad so the two issues i would think with that is number one issue is that moving abroad suggests quite a big move so you've got loads of bags and stuff like that what is the operation oh god tummy tuck so i'd say that might be a bit soon if you're going to have a like literally move abroad um i would say six weeks would probably not feel like moving um Two, three well three months probably will be better for move if you're moving abroad um the other thing about the moving abroad um and not that i not that i want to talk myself out of work but if you are moving abroad soon it might be an idea to maybe have it done abroad when you're sort of settled in the country that you're going to so um you know if 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 you say how long before because i normally say to people look we normally follow you up and we see you sort of you know um week six weeks six months you know just check how you're getting on and everything and um if you're abroad that just makes a bit of a level of an extra level of complexity with it so that would be a little bit of an alarm bell with me 
as to whether you need to wait until you've had it before going abroad. But uh, yeah, I would say moving abroad six, uh, um, three three months mo moving abroad. If you're just going on holiday abroad, six weeks would be my uh, answer to that question. How would I know if I need a capsulectomy or not? Yeah, it's a really good question. I wish I had a, I wish I kind of had a good answer to it because it when when someone says I want to change my implants, we send out a price uh, um, guide with with changing your implants, just changing your implants, and changing your implants with a capsulectomy, and the price is significantly different. The price for having a cast <laughs> that rain is in the house. Good to see you. Um, the price for having a capsulectomy is significantly more than the price for not having a capsulectomy. So it is obviously something you might think, hold on a minute, what's going on here? What are they going to charge me? Um, the Basically, a capsulectomy is every single... Um, it, we're talking about breast implants here, for those who didn't know what we were talking about. So every single breast implant, in fact, every single implant that goes inside the body gets walled off in scar tissue, which is called a capsule, and that's normal. So every single implant has got a capsule around it. When you're changing breast implants, the question is whether you take out that, that capsule or not. <clears throat> what happens over the years is the capsule hardens and makes the implants feel hard. A lot of people think their implants have gone hard, when in fact their implants haven't gone hard. Is the capsule around the implants that's gone hard and sort of constricted around the implant. So when you're having your implants changed, you can just take your implants out and put a new implant in again. You normally need to do something to the capsule but that might be a capsulotomy rather than a capsulectomy. So a capsulotomy is where you kind of score the capsule. You don't like remove it, you just score it to accommodate the new implant. Whereas a capsulectomy is where you remove all of the capsule. So you would remove the capsule when it was hard. If it's, if it's hard, then you would remove the capsule. And you would also remove the capsule if you're changing, like for instance, from silicone to polyurethane implants, you wanna have it going into a fresh, pocket so you would remove um, the capsule in those circumstances so basically i guess the answer to the question how would i know if i need to have a capsulectomy or not is your implant hard or do your implants feel hard then you probably would after a certain period of time you'd be more inclined to so i would say after 10 years you'd be more inclined to do a capsulectomy um if you're not having implants replaced, then you don't need to do a capsulectomy. Some people request it because they feel that they want to have all like evidence of the implant removed, but you don't have to do a capsulectomy. You can leave the capsule there if you're having the implants removed and not replaced. So, um, so yeah, a capsulectomy does add a level of complexity, increases time, increases the risks, and so increases the costs. So it is not, um, it's not insignificant, uh, but it's basically if you want to get rid of all the scar tissue that's around the implant, then uh, then that's when a capsulectomy is indicated. So if the capsulectomy has gone, gone hard, if the capsule has gone hard, then you would remove it. Can't be honest with myself, don't feel I answered that very well, but um, we'll move on. Uh, happy to expand on it if the uh, individual who was asking that wants me to um, expand on that because I'm not sure if I if I did it justice. Jenny, guess what you got? I'm having a lipoma removed in removal in the morning. Will I be okay to work in the afternoon? Um, I would say no. Um, give yourself a day off. I don't know where is it on your body. I mean, I, I suppose it doesn't matter where it is on your body. I mean, just in general terms, I think having a minor op in the morning. Well, 
will you be able to probably will yeah you probably will be able to go go to work in the afternoon if you really wanted to but is your work so important that you have to that you can't have a day off on on your operation day i would just have a day off i think you probably will be able to depending on where it is and how if it's like a massive one you know it's on my neck i'm in at 10 um yeah i mean i would have a day off jenny i can it, am i doing it if I'm doing it, I can give you a note if that's helpful, like a sick note. Uh, actually, you do a week for yourself, can't you? A sick note, you don't need a sick note. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say probably will be able to go back to work. But there's that word probably there. What if you feel a bit wobbly? What if you feel a bit, oh, God, that's uncomfortable? What if it's a bit sore? You'll have a dressing on your neck somewhere, probably. Um, and, you know... I would say that you will physically be able to, but you're better off. Yes, you're doing it. Thank you. I'll see how you're doing it. Well, if I'm doing it, Jenny, you know, you'll be right as rain. Um, well, I've got the calculation. But um, yeah, I would I would give yourself a day off if you can. If you work for yourself, then it's a lot easier because you can see how you feel. But if you work for a company or something, then you it can be a bit sort of bit too much to, to go back because they expect they expect you all or nothing sort of thing. So I find that people who work for themselves do go back to work sooner than people who work for companies and things because when you work for yourself, you can if you feel if you feel you know sore at four o'clock, you go home. If you don't, then you push on. But when you're with the company, you can't sort of go home. So it's better just sort of not going in, not putting yourself in that position. But uh, you probably will be okay, Jenny. But uh, if it was me, I would I would give myself a day off i think um uh, and, uh in fact i know i would i'd give myself a day off for show looking forward to seeing you in the morning jenny been looking forward to this up all week uh very much looking forward to that lipoma removal um so we'll see you then does it help to take arnica tablets prior to surgery um i don't know I don't know if Chris McDonald's still on. Is he, does he know? Um, see you in the morning. Get an early night. Um, some people do. I mean, Arnica, they say it um, reduces ble uh, uh, bleeding. It reduces bleeding. So, uh, ble uh, not br bruising. Good God. Bruising. It reduces bruising. So, um, some people say, you know, can I take it? And I say, yeah, of course you can. It's fine. Um, I'm not sure how much it helps and what i think one of the problems is there's often not a lot of bruising in the ops that i do maybe if you're having a liposuction or something there is there is bruising but in a lot of the ops there's not bruising is not a significant feature in in a you know tummy tucks and breast reductions and, and breast implants sometimes you do get bruising but but often not so it's quite hard to know if uh if arnica is necessary i don't think it'll do any harm put it like that i don't normally recommend my patients to take it simply because i'm not sure where the evidence is on that these sorts of operations but i don't think it'll harm so let me put it like this i don't think it'll do harm to take arnica you're asking the question so you've obviously heard that arnica is good so i think it's fine to take arnica but um as i say if if you didn't ask the question i don't tell people to take arnica because i'm not sure how uh, effective it is but um but uh, it'd be interesting to and you know what a lot of this gotta be honest with you a lot of this is people being happy in their heads i've been thinking about this i don't think i don't think it's the remit of this of this uh of this um 
this this broadcast to go into but i do think you know like you kind of you more you think about it that your whole world is uh based in your head isn't it you know everything is like the truman show you know everything that you perceive is is in your Hanukkah <laughs> question is in your head so if you believe that Arnica is going to help bruising, I think it will. Now, it might be the, the Arnica manufacturers will come and say, oh, God, we've got this ingredient that helps bruising. Maybe it does got any, maybe it does have an ingredient that helps bruising. Maybe people just feel like it's going to help bruising and make sense. Does it matter? You know, if it helps bruising, fine. So if you think it's going to be a good thing, go for it. I don't think it's going to do harm go for it and i think i find i genuinely find this in surgery people who are positive who go in and you know don't focus on the negatives and things but you know do tend to do better and i think it's important to try and be positive and and if you think that arnica is going to help all, all power to you maybe in that on that vein maybe i should say i've got this great stuff this arnica doesn't give any bruising it's fantastic you gotta have it and maybe i'll get less bruising maybe i should you know practice what i uh preach so yeah arnica i haven't got a strong view on it but yeah would having a dilated kidney affect me having breast surgery breast implants or breast lift with implants probably not the problem with medical issues is that often i well usually and often i don't really know to be to be brutally frank um with you i i don't know um the consequences of things like a dilated kidney um and simply because you know that i mean it had is it functioning does it affect you in your i mean i'll ask questions like the main things i want to know does it affect you in your life if it affects you in your life you have to go and have been dialysis every five minutes and you're on lots of medication and all sorts then yes that may well affect your surgery but if you're leading a normal life and it's not affecting you and your renal functions fine you you know your kidneys are working fine i would have thought no it wouldn't affect it the what whatever i think what i would do is i would write to your renal physician who is looking after your kidneys and say look they're thinking of having this operation breast lift or breast lift with implants is going to take this amount of time it's going to be using an implant infections at risk are they you know are you immunosuppressed are you prone to infections is there um is there anything we can do to optimize your situation do you um think she'll be suitable for a, a an operation or not and they might say for goodness sake don't have an operation unless you absolutely need it do not have it uh, or they might say yeah fine absolutely no problems don't have that you know or they might say take antibodies or so, i don't know they might say something um so that's the answer we will liaise with the specialist i'm the specialist in the breast implant bit of it we will liaise with the renal physicians and the anesthetist the anesthetist is always important in these aspects um so the anesthetist is, is will have a will have a say on it so but i think in itself a dilated kidney in itself wouldn't have a problem in my mind but it can be um a, a, a host of issues with a a dilated kidney from you know not a functioning kidney through to a normally functioning one that's just a bit dilated so um it would be we'd have to look into that kelsey abg uh can i have the mummy makeover without being a mother it may be a silly question do you know what i it's not a silly question kelsey abg can i can i just expand on that kelsey abg you can have a mummy makeover 
without being a woman right in this day and age we're <laughs> we're equal you know daddy do over is it with well, the, the dad doesn't have to be a dad um so that's not a stupid question the mummy makeover is i think it's in america the americans started it they did a mummy with an o you know mommy mommy makeover um i do put it on my website and i do sort of talk about it but as a mummy makeover but i i don't particularly like the term i think the term's not you know but and nevertheless it seems to be in common use but yeah absolutely you can do not have to be a mummy um or as i say or a woman uh, a mummy makeover is basically a term used for a usually it's a combined abdominal and breast slash chest procedure and so commonly people who had children have a problem with their chest and their tummy and so it's not uncommon for mummy to ha have these issues but the two the two things that do it are ch having children and uh, weight loss so certainly women and men who have lost significant amount of weight can have problems with their chest area and their abdomen and so would benefit from a combined procedure on paper you'd call it a mummy makeover but you you know it would just be a tummy tuck and a and a breast whatever breast lift or a gynecomastia correction or a you know implants or whatever it is but it's a, a mummy maker is essentially a combined breast uh, slash chest and uh, abdom, abdomen, abdominal procedure and it does by no means need to be a, a, a mother we will not be checking your uh, your um your uh, electoral register <laughs> you check someone's a mum anyway we won't be checking you're a mum you don't have to be a mum but uh, it's a good question and i didn't i didn't make the term uh someone else did also do you find tummy tucks remove stress marks stress marks stretch marks um they remove all of the stretch marks below your belly button from your belly button down to your pubic area if you've had a um Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say you've had a cesarean, but you obviously haven't had a cesarean because you're not a mummy. So, you know, a place where a cesarean scar is. So basically the top of your pubic hair to your belly button, all that skin gets removed. So if you've got stretch marks in your lower abdomen, yes, it will remove the, those stretch marks. If you've got stretch marks above the belly button, then they will remain, but they get pulled down. Yeah, I need you mean So there's so you so you might if it depends where the distribution of your stretch marks are. Usually they're mostly in the lower abdomen, but sometimes they creep above the belly button. And if they are above the belly button, then they get pulled down. And often they get pulled down to below the belly button. When you have a tummy tuck, they go from above to below. But um so it depends on where the um where the stretch marks are. Do I have to have bigger implants if I need mine replacing? That is a great question. I should make a note of that because that I could do a blog post on that. Do I need to have bigger implants? That is a great question. Bigger implants. So, um, because um, I'm not a big fan of big implants. So if someone sort of, you know, I, I would say smaller implants are easy to hide, less complications, less risks you know better long lasting result but you've got to get the size you want so i'm never going to push someone to a bigger implant um but what when you remove implants especially if you're doing a capsulectomy i don't know if you were here earlier emaria about capsulectomy things so especially if you're re removing the scar tissue around the implant there's a bit of space there 
And often over time, if you've had um, implants in for a while, feel mine have shrunk and have a bit of extra skin. Yeah, often over time, the breast skin loses its elasticity. Your breasts sort of sit lower a bit and the breasts, dare I say, droop a bit. If you downsize your implants, you are going to have a uh, more of a droop. So if you go to smaller implants, and in fact, even if you go to the same size implants, it might, if you I normally say to people, when you're changing implants, especially if you're having a capsulectomy, if you're changing implants, often it's good just to go up a little bit in order to get a similar result. So yeah, been in 14 years. So that can be an issue. Now you might say, I don't want bigger. I want smaller. Fine, but shape might be um uh, might be compromised if you go smaller so in terms of the droop it might droop more because the implants will stretch your skin and if you go smaller then the, the, there'll be more of a droop so that's when you think about do i need a lift if you have a lift a lift will tighten the skin improve the shape doesn't matter what you do with your implants if whether you go smaller or bigger or same size or just have them removed completely the lift will sort out the shape but if you're not going to have a lift and you're only having the implants changed, then you might, if you wanted to go smaller, you might think, oh, is the shape going to be affected? Do I need a lift? Now, you might say, crikey, I don't want to lift complications, risks, scars, etc. So you could say, well, look, I'm going to go smaller because I don't want to go bigger. Fair enough. You've got to be comfortable with your own body and your own shape um, and then see what it looks like. And it, but but it would be a conversation to say it might not look as good as it looked before because you'll you'll have that sort of skin that might droop a bit. So uh, it's a very good question. So you don't have to go bigger, but it is kind of a little bit helpful if you do go not massively, but a touch bigger, just to take up the skin and fill the skin. Um, because of the droop issue and especially if you've already got a bit of extra skin now then you might be like well you need a droop you need a lift anyway and then it doesn't matter what you do in terms of sizes i'm coming to see you soon so you did my tight up five years ago and it was absolutely fab fantastic well there you go well it'll be lovely to see you again and i'll be happy to talk to you about it in real life and to examine you and see where you are about where where we're going to go in terms of sizes of implants but um yeah no that'd be lovely lovely to see you and uh um i hope you know it won't be a there won't be a charge for the consultation because you are one of the gang one of the team no charge for patients of mine so uh so yeah be happy to see you and we can uh, we can rap about it and uh, and work it out um would i be able to have a breast reduction if i have been diagnosed with von villebrand disease so von villebrand disease is um, a clotting disorder. And um, there is, it's a bit like the dilated kidney, to be honest with you. The problem with um, blood disorders is it's always risk and benefit. And I personally would liaise with the anaesthetist and with the hematologist to see where we are, what the risks are, um we have to balance the risks basically of bleeding and clotting this is the problem with life as a surgeon not the only one there are others but this is one of the problems of life as a surgeon 
it's like you know someone gets a problem or, or criticizes you for something and what you'll often find is that if you had put in measures like really strong measures not to get the thing that happened to them they'd have got another problem you know there's all basically there's always trying to get a balance you know and so basically people with clotting disorders so it's not uncommon for people to get clotting disorders there's a balance between clotting and bleeding because both are good both are bad yeah so clotting is bad because if your blood clots in your legs and forms a dvt that can form a blood clot in your legs and then that blood clot your leg swells up the blood clot flies off into your lungs and gives you a pe and that's really bad so clotting is bad but when you have surgery you cut all this stuff so breast reduction you're cutting all over the place and it's going to bleed so you kind of want it to clot because you don't want it to bleed everywhere and you don't want to get a hematoma and it all balloons up and you and you lose blood. So um, and you have to go back there to have it washed out. So bleeding is bad. So bleeding is bad and clotting is bad. So we need to get the balance right. <laughs> so we don't want you to bleed and have a hematoma and lose blood, but we don't want you to clot and form a clot in your legs and, and then get a PE. So what do we do? So th th that's the issue with, with clotting. We'd have to talk to the, the uh, hematologist say, what are the risks? Are they significant? You know, are you on medication? Can we stop the medication? Can we do things in theatre to, to mitigate those risks? Uh, is it worth taking on uh, the risks of surgery, which will be increased? They will be increased if you've got a clotting disorder in order to get the benefit of having the surgery. And that's something that, first of all, you need to think about yourself. But also we will talk, as I say, talk to the hematologist, talk to the anaesthetist and say, look, what do you think? What are the risks, benefits? Where is it lying? And sometimes they'll say, look, it's some, it's lying towards the like not having surgery side of things because the risks are too big. Um, and sometimes we'll say, look, no, we will offer you surgery, but you have to accept that there is a risk. Um, and is it worth taking on that risk because you're at a higher risk than someone who hasn't got a clotting disorder and you might say hold on a minute i don't want to take on that risk you know they're not that bad i'm going to live with them and that's fine or you might say actually they're awful and my life can't go on and i'm going to take on the risk so it's it's um it's it's like that it's it's balancing the risks with benefits and um we need help for that do i talk into the person or you if you see your, your uh, hematologist you can ask your hematologist say look you know breast reduction you're looking at a three-hour operation, quite a lot of raw surfaces, quite a lot of bleeding. Um, and so what are the risks with, with doing that? It's all a balance. It's all a balance. Um, that's it. I haven't got any more questions, Your Honour. Uh, need to sort this bad boy out, don't I? I'm going to sort, don't worry, I'm going to sort it out but before tomorrow the clinic. I'm going to, you know, uh, smart myself up. Um, anyone got any questions? I'm, ob I'm obviously a busy man, but I might have a couple of minutes. But um, do a bit of paperwork, maybe. Put some receipts here to go through. Council tax. God, council tax things come through. Um, so, any more questions? No. Um, I'll do a mint. There we go. 
There we go. Um, okay, well, listen, uh, clearly I'm, I'm very busy. So if you have any questions, post them, call me, email, Instagram me, Facebook me, or do whatever you want to get it through to me. I will deal with it next week. Next week, are we Easter? Yeah, we're not at Easter, are we? It's a while for Easter. Anyway, so I'll be here next week. Um, same time, same place. Actually, I was looking at LinkedIn Live. I saw a thing on LinkedIn, but I didn't have time to see if I... Can you imagine that link? Because this is Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Although, to be honest with you, Instagram's probably the only one that... Well, don't be rude to the others, but thanks, Jesse. Don't work too hard. Take care. Don't work too hard. No, I do work hard, Corinne. Yeah, thank you for acknowledging that. I try my best, Corinne. I try my best. Um, I'm, I'm listening next door and I'm hearing the TV's not on which means I've got a chance of getting in there in an antiques road trip because once it, it seems like, you know, squatters rights, once you get in there first, you've got a good chance of watching your programme. So um, I'll, I'll try and get in there. But um, Jackie, big up yourself. Good to see you both. Loving your uh, your diehard support. And, yeah, if you're available and it's legal and safe to do so, please join me at 7 o'clock next week uh, for another uh, enthralling episode and for now i bid you good night stop the stream have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag ask jj we'd love to hear from you